I wasn't going to say this, but it feels like we need a bit of joy in the room this morning. <laughs> it's the guess of that time of year, doesn't it? Uh, and it's interesting that joy is, is a part of, of Christmas and should be a part of the Christmas story. And yet, for so many of us, we get to this time of year where there's this ongoing drag uh, of, of plans and, and um, things to get and put in place and you feel the joy slipping away and out of us. So, so I think it's quite timely uh, that we should, uh, at this time, uh, as we prepare for Christmas and as we prepare for the end of the year, that we remember that the Christmas story is about joy. It's about joy. Uh, Joe and I began watching a series on Netflix. Uh, some of you may have come across this by Marie Kondo, uh, someone who has got a, a particular style to help people clean up their houses and to simplify their homes. And she has a catch cry as part of her helping people to clean up. And she says, pick up an article of clothing or something in your home and ask the question, does it spark joy? Does this thing that you're holding, this possession, uh, this thing that you've been having in your sock drawer for 10 years and you haven't put, thrown it out, does it spark joy? And if it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. Um, as a, and as, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Uh, we've been trying to do this <laughs> uh, in, our, in our homes as we uh, have, uh, over time, tried to go room by room because we've got so much stuff in our homes. Does it spark joy? I'll tell you one thing that sparks joy in my life. And that is seeing my children smile. Uh, nothing gives me more joy and, and pleasure than seeing children uh, experience joy and life. And particularly when they, they click and they get something in their minds and you can see that they've worked something out and they smile. That for me brings great joy. I wonder if you might turn to the person next to you for the next 20 seconds and... and Tell them what in your life sparks joy. What brings you joy? Found out a little bit more about the person sitting next to you? Terry, got no one sitting next to you, mate. <laughs> just, just shout it out. <laughs> Lots of things. Lots of things bring us joy. Now, joy is everywhere in December, isn't it? I think the, the month of December, you see the word joy more than you see in any other time of the year. Joy uh, is everywhere. Even in the secular celebration of Christmas, uh, joy is a, a key component. We were in Rundle Mall a few years back and they had uh, the words of Advent um, up in Rundle Mall. You might have re remembered that time. Joy, it's, it's there, even in the secular celebration. Uh, but as we've been talking about these words and been discussing them, so sometimes Words can lose their meaning when it's just, it's overspoken and overspoken and we, we lose the actual, the depth of what actually joy is. 
But the Christian faith is a joyful faith. It is meant to be a joyful faith. If you compare the Christian faith to many other uh, world religions or philosophies and thoughts, uh, other, other religions might be um, fear-based or obligation-based. They might be works-based, the effort and the striving that you have to have. But the Christian faith is undergirded by joy because it's all about grace and what God has done for us. And so at Christmas, we celebrate and we have great joy. If you think about every single Christmas song that has ever been written, there are so many Christmas songs that have the word joy in them. In fact, you go into shopping centres, into Woolies or, or Coles, and it feels like August they start playing Christmas carols. It's getting earlier and earlier each year. And you're constantly hearing the word joy, joy, joy. In fact, I reckon if we got every single Christmas song that has the word joy in it, we'd be able to not have it on repeat and be able to get to, the, to December uh, without repeating any of the songs. Christmas is about joy. And yet, as I've been reflecting on this morning, um, and as I asked my wife what she thought about joy, uh, this was the thoughts that came to her and, and came to me. When we mention the word joy, I think we can have either two um, reactions to it. Joy is either infectious. If you meet a joyful person, there's something very attractive about them and, and you're either drawn into that joy <laughs> or there's another reaction. When you hear the word joy, and even as we've been talking about it this morning, perhaps, perhaps you've had this reaction, and I've had this reaction in my life, there's a, another reaction. And it is a, 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 a repulsion of, of the concept of joy. Oh, joy, oh, I'm, just, I'm too flat out, I'm too tired, I'm too whatever to engage in that, that immaturity of what joy is. And so there's these, these two reactions. We're either, we're either attracted to it and we're, we're leaning into it or we're, we're pulling away from it. Uh, and if we're pulling away from it, I want to ask you to have a bit of a, an honest moment in your life and that is to have a bit of a, a heart checkup. Because in the story of the Grinch, Dr. Zeus says his problem was that his heart was too small. And the problem if we are pulling away from uh, joy, if when we see joy we are reacting to it and not wanting to, to be drawn into it, then there's an issue of the heart. Because we were designed to be joyful. We were designed for our lives to uh, encapsulate and respond to the grace that God has done in our lives and therefore to be joyful. So when we see joy, we should be running to it and embracing it because it is infectious and we are attracted to it. If we're drawing back, then there's something going on in our hearts. Have we lost our joy? And if so, what is going on internally? The biblical story, joy is all around. It's used eight times, it's a major theme in the story. But what is joy? Is it a feeling? Is it emotion? 
Yes, it is these things, but it is so much more. In fact, do you know the difference between happiness and joy? Happiness is based on happenstance, on happenings, on circumstance. So we are happy because of the circumstances that are around us. The environment, uh, the, the people, um, the event, the, the happenings of our life cause us to be happy. And yet joy is a choice. Joy is something that we can choose despite of our circumstances. Joy is also, uh, happiness is also external. Happiness, again, is based on the factors that are external to us, where, the, where joy is something that is internal. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my... <laughs> where? Where? <laughs> we need some joy in our hearts, people. <laughs> joy in our hearts. It is et- internal. Um, it is, it is, that, that is why it is, is, is important that we actually check our hearts because that's where joy uh, resides. Happiness is temporary. Temp- it can happen, be happy and then sad and then happy and then sad, whereas joy is eternal. Uh, the Bible readings speak of this. The Bible says that we will have a forever joy, an eternal joy. Happiness can be taken away from us. People can steal our happiness, but joy cannot be taken because it is within. There are many definitions for joy. Um, I love the, uh, the concept that joy is the emotion of hope. Joy is the emotion of hope. In fact, uh, the Bible, when it speaks of hope and it speaks of joy, the two are often interlinked. Because as we think about our future, if we, if we think uh, about our, the, the hopes that we have, those hopes, those dreams, the purpose of our future uh, invoke in us a sense of joy because it is a good hope. It is a good future. And so joy is the emotion of hoping for those good things. And we see this uh, in, in people's lives. If someone has no joy, it's often because they have lost hope. And the opposite can be said. When you see someone who has hope, they are often filled with great, great joy. Joy is also the lens with which you choose to see life. Um, uh, Marion Mays has been uh, running something called a joy group and the whole focus of that is to simply come and to share a moment of joy in your week and for that to, um, to remind you of the hope that you have of what God is doing in your life. So even if you've had a tragic week or a tough week or a hard week, there is always something to be joyful about, something to be mindful of. Um, and so it's a choice to choose to see life through the lens of joy. There is always joy. Stephen Furtick says that joy is a focus, not a feeling. It is a focus, it's not a feeling. That's why Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, and again, and again I say, rejoice. 
because it's something that we choose to do. And we know that Paul was in prison and in chains when he wrote that. And so even in hard circumstances, even in the trouble, even in the turmoil of life, we can experience joy. And one of the greatest illustrations of this, I believe, is if you ever go to a wonderful Christian funeral. Uh, Many of you would have experienced this, that although it be a sad occasion, when it be someone who has just lived a life for God and who is absolutely assured of their salvation and of where they are in Jesus, that there is this undergirding, this sense of joy in the room. I've been to many funerals where it's been like that. Although it'd be sad and there'd be tears and there'd be grief and loss, there is a sense of great joy uh, in the midst of that hard, horrible circumstance. And so in the Christmas story, joy is that undergirding current that is throughout. The angels declared joy. The shepherds received joy. The wise men had joy. John the Baptist when he was in his mother's womb, what does it say he did? He leapt for joy. And of course, Mary had joy. Another example, Mary is sitting there and she's pondering what her future is, is going to be, what society is going to ridicule her for. Here is an, an unmarried uh, woman who's going to have a baby. What, what's, what's society going to be, be saying and, and impacting? implying that has happened and yet in the midst of that she has joy in her heart and she had a song in her heart my soul magnifies the Lord my spirit rejoices in God my saviour and so you see for these people who experienced joy in the Christmas story it was all connected to the message of Jesus It wasn't just a good, feel-good story. It wasn't a feel-good Christmas movie. It was actually because of Jesus, the saviour of the world, that they found great joy. We've been looking at the Bible Project as they have done a a word study on uh, the, the four words of Advent. And this is what the Bible Project have come up with when it comes to the word joy in the Bible. Being in a good mood is really great, and most languages have lots of words to describe the experience, like happy, cheerful, joyful, and so on. The same goes for the languages of the Bible. In ancient biblical Hebrew, there's a variety of words, like simcha, sason, or gil. In the Greek New Testament, there's kara, euphrasune, or agaliasis. Each word has its own unique nuance, but they all basically refer to the feeling of joy and happiness. Now what makes these biblical joy words interesting is noticing the kinds of things that bring happiness and also seeing how joy is a key theme that runs through the whole story of the Bible. Let's start with sources of joy. On page one of the Bible, God says that this world is very good. And so naturally, people find joy in beautiful and good things of life, like growing flocks or in abundant harvest on the hills. 
The poet of Psalm 104 says, A good bottle of wine is God's gift to bring joy to people's hearts. People find joy at a wedding or in their children. There's even a Hebrew proverb that compares the joy that perfume brings to your nose with the joy a good friend brings to your heart. However, human history isn't just a joy fest. The biblical story shows how we live in a world that's been corrupted by our own selfishness. It's marked by death and loss. And this is where biblical faith offers a unique perspective on joy. It's an attitude God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promise. So when the Israelites were suffering from slavery in Egypt, God raised up Moses to lead them into freedom. And the first thing the Israelites did was sing for joy. Even though they were in the middle of a desert, they were vulnerable, the promised land was still far away, they rejoiced anyway. Later biblical poets looked back on this story and they remembered how the Lord caused his people to leave with joy, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. This joy in the wilderness, this was a defining moment, a way of saying that the joy of God's people is not determined by their struggles, but by their future destiny. This theme appears later in Israel's story, when Israel suffered under the oppression of foreign empires. The prophet Isaiah looked for a day when God would raise up a new deliverer like Moses. That's when those redeemed by the Lord will return to Zion with glad shouts, with eternal joy crowning their heads, happiness and joy will overtake them. And while the Israelites waited, they chose joy to anticipate their future redemption. This is why it's significant that when Jesus of Nazareth was born, it was announced as good news that brings great joy. We're told that Jesus himself rejoiced and gave thanks to God his Father when he began to announce the kingdom of God. He even taught his followers the same joy in the wilderness, saying, when people reject you or persecute you for following me, rejoice, be very glad, because your reward is great in heaven. After his death and resurrection, Jesus commissioned his followers to go out and announce the good news that he was the risen king of the world. And as they did so, the early Christian communities were known for being full of joy, even when they were persecuted. Like when the Apostle Paul was sitting in a dirty Roman prison, he could say that he's chosen joy, even if he gets executed. He called this the joy of faith, or joy in the Lord. He believed it was the gift of God's Spirit, a sign that Jesus' presence is with you, inspiring hope in the midst of hardship. And when you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, joy becomes reasonable in the darkest of circumstances. Now, this doesn't mean that you ignore or suppress your sorrow. That's not healthy or necessary. Paul often expressed his grief about missing loved ones or losing friends or his own freedom. He called it being full of sorrow and yet rejoicing. As he acknowledged his pain, he also made a choice to trust Jesus, that his loss wouldn't be the final word. This is very different from the trite advice to turn that frown upside down. Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus's own life and love. And that's what biblical joy is all about. Christian joy is the profound decision in faith and hope, in the power of Jesus' own love. The, uh, I want to bring out five simple points in regards to the Christmas story and of joy. And I want to mainly uh, draw from the passage of scripture that was up on the screen before, from Luke chapter 2. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified 
but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring, that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others and armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. First thing I want to say is that joy is sent. Joy is something that is sent to us. It is a gift. It's not something that's worked for. It's not something that's earned because of our doing or our striving. Joy is sent to us. That first Christmas night, the angels declared that Jesus has come to us. He has been sent from heaven to earth. And so joy, eternal joy, is sent, a heavenly joy, is sent to us. Um, you know, sometimes we can feel like, oh, there's joy in there somewhere. I've got to un unpack things and get this out of the way and, and do that in my life before I can experience joy. I need to get some things right first. I need to you know, get my prayer life right. And yes, that's good. Read the Bible right. Yes, that's important. But thinking that that is then going to bring us a sense of joy. But joy is a gift. Joy is something that we receive. That's why in Galatians it's called one of the fruits of the Spirit. As we receive the Spirit and as the Spirit lives in us, the Spirit produces joy in our hearts. And so joy at Christmas was sent to us. Have you received the joy that has been sent to you? Have you received the joy that has been sent to you? Secondly, Joy is here. Joy is amongst us. Joy is not over there or I need to uh, get to that experience or that uh, place in the world in order to experience joy. Uh, joy is actually amongst us. Joy has come to live with us right next to us. Joy is in this room because of the living Saviour Jesus who is here with us. Uh, a few years back, there was a movie called The Pursuit of Happiness. Um, and it was about a, a guy who was down in the dumps and he had a, had a son and he wanted to achieve and, and step up in life and, and find happiness through, through actually achieving and to get to where he wanted to. And sometimes we can think about that achieving or having a certain relationship or a certain job or, or um, experiencing something of, of great uh, importance where other people look at us and marvel at us, that that experience is going to be the thing that gives us joy, that place, that thing. Um, when we were on holidays just recently, 
on the Gold Coast, we were so blessed to be able to go to SeaWorld. And some people feel like, whether it be Disney World or a SeaWorld or another place, would be a place that is, I'm going to go there to experience joy and, and happiness. And when you go to places like this, they take a photo of you when you first arrive. Um, and then they make you pay a billion dollars for it. Um, and so that, that was us um, at, at SeaWorld. Now, what I think would be really interesting is for them to also take a photo as you're leaving and just to compare the two. <laughs> because after you've been there for a whole day in the sun uh, with six kids walking a thousand kilometres, uh, doing a different, spending a, a million dollars, um, you, you come out the other end of an experience like that a bit uh, dishevelled and a bit kind of <laughs> tired. And many people think, I'm going to go and, hey, it was an amazing time and I'd really, really um, recommend it. But it was a temporary thing because at the end of it, oh boy, were we exhausted. And so the experience, thinking that if I'm going to go there, that that thing is going to bring me joy, it's going to bring me happiness, but it's not going to give me an everlasting joy because as I came out of that, that had certainly passed. It says that the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. He is here. He is on the earth. He is no longer uh, in heaven. Jesus, the God has incarnated himself and he has come into our world, into our very midst, into our trouble, into our strife, into our tiredness, into our um, troubled relationships, in a cloth lying in a manger, in the dirt, in the muck of our lives, God is here with us in the midst of it. What a beautiful concept that the Christmas story brings to us. I want to say to you this morning, if you're in this sense of um, uh, trouble or feeling like life's hard, um, that it's, it's tough, you're in a bit of a, a mess, there's two words in here in this uh, passage of Scripture that really speak to that. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared. And again in verse 13, suddenly... The angel was joined. Do you know what? In an instant, God can actually show up in your life and God can do something miraculous and God can reveal to you again his goodness and his love for you that can spark the most precious joy, even in the midst of your sorrow. Do you realise that joy is within reach because joy is here. Joy is here. Thirdly, joy is shared. Now, it wasn't in this particular passage, but if you continue to read the story, the shepherds hear of this good news and they go to find out what it's all about. And they do go and find baby Jesus, as the angels had said. And what do they do after that? They go out and tell everyone. Now, these are shepherds, guys that normally don't have the ability in that society to, to say much and have much uh, weight in, 
in declaring things, and yet the shepherds were full of great joy that they couldn't but hold back the good news that Jesus the Messiah was here. And so they rejoiced and they went and told the town folk uh, of this great and wonderful news. So joy is shared. And I was so uh, proud of us as a church last week as we shared the good news of Christmas and were willing to invite uh, our friends, our family, our next door neighbours, our our work colleagues to come and experience uh, Christmas as uh, the story unfolds, as we watch the, the children's play that was so brilliantly done. Why? Because we want to share the good news. We want to share the joy. We want to, when, when the joy and the good news of what Jesus has done for us enters our lives, we can't help but then blurt it out and share the joy and the goodness of what God has done for us. And so if we have, have stopped declaring or sharing the reason for the hope that we have, again, perhaps we need to just have a, a heart moment and, and ask the question, has my joy run out? Is there a reason that I'm no longer declaring the reason for my joy? Um, the, the psalmist says, uh, David, and it's a song that we said, create in me a clean heart, O God, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Again, if we've lost our joy, perhaps we need to just remember the joy of our salvation, the actual reason why Jesus came to live amongst us was to bring us his peace and his joy, his love, that we might be saved uh, into eternal hope in him. So, joy is shared. Are you sharing the joy that Christmas has put in your heart? Fourth, joy is known. It's an interesting uh, line in this passage of scripture uh, that was up, up on the screen a couple of times. The angels declare, I bring you good news that will bring great joy. So they're declaring a message about something and that message is then going to, something's going to happen in order for it to bring us joy. If it just remains a message, it's just words. Something has to happen for that message. It has to actually implant in our hearts and in our lives. It has to take root in order for it to then Bring joy. So the message of Jesus coming into our midst has to be known. It has to be personalised. It has to come to us and we have to go, well, yes, Jesus is the Messiah and therefore I have the ability to be saved and to be in his family and to receive his love. That then takes root in our heart and then that knowledge of the gospel, that knowledge and the personalization of the message is what brings joy. Um, unless we actually understand and know what Christmas is about and what the message of the good news of the gospel is, unless we know it, it's just words. And it just remains a message that has no impact 
on us or even the world around us. Um, Jesus, uh, when he was a little older, his parents took him to the temple to be uh, dedicated and Simeon the prophet was there and he said some, some interesting things. First of all, he said, ah, oh, the waiting is over. <laughs> the advent is, is over. I have seen the Lord. Now I can die because he was an, an old guy. Um, but then he says these words to Jesus' parents. He says, Simeon blessed them, but then he said to Mary, a sword shall pierce your soul for this child, Jesus, shall be rejected by many in Israel, and this is their undoing, but he will be the greatest joy for many others. And so there's actually a choice to receive the joy, and it's based on whether we actually take the gospel into our hearts and we actually believe the news. For many don't. And for many, uh, at the time of Jesus, the religious teachers and the Pharisees and the rulers, for them it was their undoing. That they chose not to believe in him and in who he was. But for many, and for centuries, this message has been the greatest joy for others. And so joy is known. And I think sometimes we need to, if that's the case, let go of the things that we perhaps hold on to that we think are going to bring us joy in order to hold on to the hope that he has given us, the joy that is known in our lives. And finally, joy looks forward. And this came out in the Bible Project uh, video that we watched, that it's based on our future hope that then uh, brings joy to us. Joy looks forward. When we think about the Christmas story and we think about what brought joy to the people that, that first Christmas, was it the fact that there was a baby lying in a manger? Now, don't get me wrong, babies bring great joy to many of us <laughs> and we've been very good as a church of producing many uh, babies and they, they bring great joy. But was the joy that was declared, is the good news about the baby or is the joy actually about what the baby is going to end up doing? The joy is about the future. The angel says it's the good news that will bring great joy, the saviour. This baby is the saviour of the world. He is the one who has come into our world to take on our flesh in order that he might uh, take our sin upon the cross and at that cross take our place uh, and lay down his life for us in order that we might live. That is what is going to bring joy, is the work that Jesus has come to accomplish. Yes, it's joy that he is here amongst us, but ultimately joy looks forward at that first Christmas to what this, how this baby would grow up and ultimately save the world. It looked forward. And that is why we have joy. Do you know of the joy that awaits you as you think about your eternal hope? See, Jesus was willing to go to the cross for you. 
He was willing to lay down his life for you. And I'm going to ask the communion uh, stewards to just start to um, handing out the, uh, the bread and the wine as I continue to talk. Because I think this is one of the most important aspects of joy, is that it looks forward to what he was going to do and ultimately what Jesus is promising to do for us again. That he is coming again to bring us home into his family. And so joy looks forward. The writer of Hebrews writes this. says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let Joy is a focus, not a feeling. Let us run looking forward, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then it says this. For the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross. Scorning its shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Jesus looked forward to the joy that would await both him and us by going through what he went through. Jesus on the cross would not have been a joyful happenstance. It would have been brutal and hard, and yet he was willing to go through that knowing the joy in the future that that was going to bring to both you and to me and to him. The great joy. And if you think about that, if you think about the concept that Jesus was willing to think about our happiness and our future and our joy and that that was what motivated him to, to go to the cross, how much, 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 how much must he love us? How much must he love us if for the joy set before him he endured the cross? Scorning its shame, he sat down at the right hand of God. Joy looked forward to this moment right now, 2019 Christmas at the hills was what Jesus foresaw. And this brings him joy to know that we have been included and that we have accepted and known the joy that he's given us, that we have received the joy that he gives us and that we now share with one another the joy that is here in our midst. It's all because Jesus. And so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many, for you and me. 
do this in remembrance of me. As long as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we remember the Lord's coming. And so that's what we do this morning. But before we do that, I just want to read to you from the words from John. He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you have a complete joy this morning? Has your joy been lost? Have you, through circumstance, got to the time of year where you're not seeing much joy in your heart? Jesus came and he gave his life for you and he suffered death on the cross in order that his joy might be in you and it not just be a a happiness that comes and goes that's based on our circumstance, but it's a complete joy, an everlasting joy, an eternal joy that no one can steal, that will never fade. Because of that, we say thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. Let us eat and drink and give thanks with joy in our hearts. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the joy set before you. You endured the cross. Lord, that you as a baby that was born grew up to be a man that would demonstrate love by laying down your life for those that would come after you, for those in this room Lord, we thank you for the knowledge of this and for the joy that this puts in our hearts. Just pray for everyone in this room right now. Particularly pray for anyone who has lost joy, who's going through trouble, who's feeling like life is a mess. Lord, would you send your joy again, the joy of the salvation of our souls would we realise that it is here in our midst, that you, Jesus, our living Saviour, is alive in our hearts, and that as we focus on joy, as we choose joy, our hearts are restored. Lord, bring about the everlasting joy that we all desire, And may it so ooze out of us this Christmas that those who see it would be attracted to it and ask the question, what is it that brings joy? And the answer is you, Jesus. So Jesus, enter our hearts again and gift us your joy, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.